Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Your eyes are the key to seeing the light that expands your consciousness, allowing you to experience greater presence and aliveness. That's the premise of Dr. Jacob Lieberman's new book, Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living. Integrating 40 years of research, practice, and direct experience, Dr. Lieberman is here today to talk about this book, which he feels presents a new science of life. Are you ready to meet him? Dr. Jacob Israel Lieberman is a pioneer in the fields of light, vision, and consciousness. Originally trained as an optometrist and vision scientist, his life changed in 1976 after the miraculous healing of his eyesight, leading him to a deeper understanding of light and the science of life. Dr. Lieberman is the author of Luminous Life, as well as two other books on light and vision, and he's the developer of the first FDA-cleared medical device for vision improvement. You can find out more about Dr. Lieberman and his work at jacoblieberman.org. Dr. Lieberman, welcome to Out of the Fog. It is a great pleasure to be with you today, Karen. Oh, thank you so much. The book is, um, the book contains a lot of light. The book is a wonderful perspective-shifting um, journey into what it means to be in presence, what it means to really see in a different way. So I'm really glad to have you on the program. Thank you. You say that we look with our eyes, but we do not see. What do you mean when you say that? You see, we have been conditioned to believe that we are seeing the world with our eyes. but That's only a very small aspect of how we see. People also say, oh, well, we see the world through our ideas and our beliefs. That's also a small aspect of how we see. And the reason I came to this conclusion is that 42 years ago, I had a miraculous experience uh, while I was meditating, which is something that I had started doing in 1971. And the experience was, that I had been searching and experimenting with myself to see if there was a way that I could improve my vision or reduce my dependency upon glasses because I saw that everyone's eyes were deteriorating at incredible rates. In fact, vision deterioration is the biggest health epidemic in the world. Hardly anyone is born needing glasses, yet almost everyone finds themselves wearing glasses or contacts or having LASIK procedure at some time in their life. And so I was intrigued with, is it possible to do anything about this? I tried vision exercises, uh, reduced eyeglasses and so on. But then one day I went into my meditation and something occurred while I was meditating and I don't know exactly what it was, but it was almost as though the entity called Jacob disappeared. I lost all sense of who I know myself to be as far as my physical body, my personality, my appearance. 
And all that was left was a sense of clarity. And even though my eyes were closed and without my glasses, I could at that time only see the big E on the eye chart. It felt as though I could see myself in the room meditating and everything felt clear. Like there were no questions about anything. There was just a, a silence sense of peacefulness that was there with me. And when I came out of this meditation, to my surprise, my eyesight was clear. It was so clear that I drove to my office without my glasses to try to figure out what had occurred. And when I got to my office, I examined myself and I was seeing 300% better. But when I rechecked the prescription in my eyes to see if anything had changed, the prescription had not changed at all. In other words, I was able to measurably read 300% better, but my eyes hadn't changed at all. And that was my first clue that we don't see with the eyes, that there's something else going on. And for years and years, I thought, oh, there's just something in the mind. If I could find this place in the mind that is initiating our vision, then I could help others to find this and improve their own eyesight. Well, I never found this place in the mind, but I came to discover something very profound, which is directly related to your questions. We look with our eyes, but we do not see with them. All of us are aware of the external world, and we sense that that's happening because we're seeing it with our eyes. We're also aware of all kinds of internal sensations and things going on in our body. And we attribute that to a sense of feeling or a certain level of our senses and so on. But few of us recognize that the reason that we are aware of the activity that's going on mentally inside all the time is because our true essence, our true self, is actually observing it. And we've been led to believe that our true sense is this mind, this chattering uh, mechanism within us that we frequently converse with, that we think with, that we worry with, and so on. And the realization for me is, oh my God, the only reason I'm aware of that is because I'm observing it. The real me is observing it. And over years and years and years of identifying gradually more and more with that essential self, I came to realize that that silent witness, which never speaks, sees from no point of view. It doesn't see according to its desires or beliefs. It sees right down the middle. It sees without having any uh, point of view this way or this way. And what's interesting is when I've read over the years, I found some amazing visionaries that really spoke about this. To give you an uh, example, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson said something profound. He said, there's a principle which is the basis of all things. A simple, quiet, undescribed, undescribable presence dwelling very peacefully in us. 
We are not to do but to let do, not to work but to be worked upon. What, what he was saying was the basis of everything that exists is a field of awareness that we cannot describe, just like we cannot describe godliness. It's a silent, it doesn't speak, presence that dwells within us. It's this witness, this observer. And then what he goes on to say is, we're not here to do anything or work on things. All that is occurring by itself. We are just the noticer of that. So, after 42 years of maintaining excellent eyesight without glasses for distance or reading, and I'm 70 years old now, I've come to realize that profound change can occur instantaneously without effort. And the way that real change occurs is not by doing things over and over again via practice or exercise, but it's by seeing something as if for the first time, having an epiphany, a realization, something is like, oh my God. And that can literally begin the rewiring of our brains and our nervous system. So that's a little longer response to your question, but I hope it gives a little bit of uh, a sense of how I came to this. Absolutely. You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager, and my guest is Dr. Jacob Lieberman. His new book is Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living. As I listen to you speak, I'm aware of how much work we all put into to trying. We have these moments of realization. We are the one being breathed, right? There is the presence. And then we work like crazy to try to get that feeling back. And we pour everything into our meditation and we run around and we, I don't know, buy special clothing and sit on the mat and ring the bell. And we do all this, all this work to try to get to this presence, which I'm hearing you say moves through us, breathes us, speaks through us where we really don't have to do anything. How can we then be in presence without tripping ourselves up over and over again? The first thing you have to realize is, and and it requires a certain sense of honesty, which means seeing things beyond what other people say and what other people write about. You have to trust your own direct experience. Now, when you look out into Mother Nature, it's probably amazing how the sun rises every morning and sets in the evening, how we get rain when we need it, how the trees grow. All these things are really miraculous. We don't understand these things. And the one thing we realize is we have no control over what's happening in the environment. If you then look inside the body, you realize there's nothing in the body that is designed to initiate action. The heart pumps by itself. The breathing occurs without us. Our blood pressure, our respiration, our glucose levels, our growth and development is all occurring without us. There's nothing we're controlling in the external environment. There's nothing we're controlling in the internal environment. And yet, we've been led to believe that we have to make decisions about things when there seems to be an animating force in this universe 
that is moving the planets, the tides, the seasons, our heart, our breathing, our everything. This is exactly what Emerson was talking about when he said, uh, we don't need to work, we don't need to do, it's all being done. And so the first way that we begin to realize this is by realizing truth beyond opinion. Because you see, all of us are guided by what we call our beliefs. But if you look up the word belief in the thesaurus, you see belief means the same as idea, thought, concept, theory. But the opposite of belief is truth. Truth. The same truth that Jesus claimed would set you free. And my sense is that the recognizing that the ideas of the chattering part of the mind, the, the part of our, of our humanity that wants safety, security, and predictability, things that don't exist on the planet, that what that mechanism sees and believes is very temporary. Real truth, real healing is something that is continual. It's unchanging. You know, we often say everything is constantly changing. We forget that the only way the world can appear to be continually changing is if what is observing it is not changing at all. Mm. And what is observing it is this witness that all of us are aware of. Everyone knows when they're there's anxiety going on in the mind when they're thinking about things, when they're worrying about things. Everyone knows that, but they don't seem to recognize because it hasn't been brought to most people's awareness that the only reason there's awareness of that is because it is being observed. And what is observing it is our essential self. And that essential self is choiceless. It has no desire. It does not speak. So if you hear a voice, it's not your essential self. It's the egocentric part of the mind. And there's nothing wrong with the mind. It's just that we've been conditioned to believe that the source of our knowing is this conscious mind. When in fact, almost everything that's going on in our life is being initiated from this unconscious place, from this place that is observing. Very little of what occurs in our life has anything to do with us choosing. In essence, when we say, oh, I've made a decision, if you look at the brain, you'd see seven to 10 seconds before we think we've made a choice that our whole neurological system is already moving in that direction. What we call a choice or a movement has already been made. And so this is very humbling when we realize this. And it doesn't, it doesn't make our humanity less. It, it allows us to realize how rich our human nature is. And, you know, much of the book is the fact that we're guided by light and it would be important to just share a little bit about that. You know, when an animal is in the wild, 
in the summertime, you'll notice that its skin and the hair on its body is a little bit shorter because it's warmer. The days are longer. As the season begins to transition from summer to fall and to winter, the light changes in the environment. The days get shorter. As the light changes in the environment, that light transmits guidance and information to every cell of the creature's body because every cell in their body has eyes that are designed to detect and respond to light. With every bit of that information coming in, each cell is continually upgrading its software in order to synchronize itself with Mother Nature. So as the creature moves from summer to fall to winter, their skin thickens, they get more hair, all their organs begin to prepare for winter so that when the first snowfall occurs, the bear doesn't wake up that morning and say, oh my God, I forgot to go to Target to get an overcoat. <laughs> now, those creatures live in a state of congruence and coherence with life. Another word for congruence and coherence is presence. They are inseparably connected with the animating force of life. They never have to be present. There's no such thing. They always are present because they're in perfect harmony with life. Humans are designed the same way, and so are plants. Every cell in our body can detect uh, and respond to light in the same way as our eyes do. And when I'm talking about light, I'm not talking about what most people think is light. You look out your window, it's a bright day, you say, oh, there's a lot of light. No, there's a lot of brightness. Brightness is a perceptual phenomenon. Light cannot be seen. Light is totally invisible. Light is the fundamental energy from which all life emerges. It's just an infinite field of potentiality in the same way as people describe consciousness. This is why the Bible speaks of God as light, spiritual literature speaks as consciousness of, as light, and quantum physicists speak as of light as the fundamental energy from which everything emerges. So, what I'm suggesting is that the things we call instinct, intuition, insight, synchronicity, psychicness, and all these things are just different words to say the same thing, that we sensed something that was not visible. And what we are actually sensing is not a physical sensation. What we're actually sensing is this guidance from light the same light that catches our eye and causes our eye to move in a certain direction. We, don't, we think we're actually moving our eyes. Our eyes don't move until light grabs their attention and reflexively causes them to move. And what are they moving towards? They're moving towards the next step of our life's journey. Why are they moving that way? So that each of us can fulfill our purpose for being. And all of that is happening without us. And that's what's so profound. And that's why I put together this book, because I felt 
it could be a life changer for people to just consider the possibility that this is actually going on. So with about five minutes left, what does it mean then to live a luminous life? Essentially to allow yourself to be moved by these energies. So when something enters your awareness and catches your eye, if you will, rather than saying, oh, I'll do it tomorrow or I'll do it later, realize that the timing of events in this universe are all animated from the same intelligence that causes the sun to rise and the sun to set. It causes our heartbeat to be the way it is. This intelligence is at a level of precision we can't even imagine. So when something catches our eye, it's looking for us because that is the time that it needs to be taken care of. So when we begin to just allow life to guide us to where we need to go, just by noticing what is entering our awareness, all of a sudden, we don't find like we're all backed up. You know, we have all these things to do. Things get taken care of in the moment. There's less time to notice the chatter in the mind because we are fully engaged with life, just as wild creatures are engaged with life. And what's fascinating is life becomes easier. There's a much greater level of contentment. So to live a luminous life, just notice little simple things. For instance, in the book, I recommend little one-minute meditations where you just notice how the body is expanding and contracting. Why do I do that? It's not for the purpose of meditation. It's for the purpose of discovering that every time you're thinking, your breathing stops. And every time your breathing stops, you cannot find the answers you're looking for. So when we are just in a nice flow and breathing is occurring by itself and we are not worrying and trying to figure things out, the answers come to us free of charge. I had the pleasure of working with thousands of kids that had learning problems early in my career. And they were all diagnosed as having brain issues and attentional issues. And when I work with them, I discovered they were geniuses. They just learned in a different way. And they were trying so hard that their trying was impeding their success. When I created opportunities for them to have fun while they were learning, something magical occurred. The answers came to them without any effort. They discovered that there was something continually giving them what they needed, and their lives changed dramatically, and many of them ended up as attorneys and physicians and so on. So everything in this new book is sharing things that I have had direct experience with over 45 years of work. And for me, it's truth beyond opinion. There's some just underlying things that I absolutely know are truth, not just a new idea. I know we only have a very short time together. Can you tell listeners how they can connect with you and find out more about your work? 
Sure, they can go to my website, which is jacoblieberman.org, and Lieberman is spelled L-I-B-E-R-M-A-N. And on the website, we just provide a lot of wonderful, um, hopeful w- wisdom, and uh, and it's a beautiful site to go to. It's not a it's not a marketing site. We're not trying to sell you things. We're just trying to help in whatever way we can. Wonderful. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk to us. Thank you for sharing the book. Thank you. Thank you. That was Dr. Jacob Lieberman, and his new book is Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living. You can find out more about Dr. Lieberman and his work at jacoblieberman.org. That's Jacob, L-I-B-E-R-M-A-N dot org. And of course, you're always welcome to check out me and what's going on with me. Find out uh, about upcoming classes and events. You can book a private session with me with your so inclined at karenhager.com. And if you feel, as I do, that when we focus our collective intention on change, that things change, that when we come together, we can create peace, peace in our hearts and peace in the world, I invite you to check out Opening the Peaceful Heart, A Call for Love. That's a free 15-minute guided meditation call on the first Sunday of every month. You can check out all the details and hear recordings of past gatherings at openpeacefulheart.com. Thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.